Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we interview Benny Wisenen. He teaches fourth grade gate at Golden Hill Elementary School. Well, Benny, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, Benny uh, Wisenen is here on the podcast with us today. And tell us where you teach and what grade. So, uh, I teach fourth grade uh, gate at Golden Hill Elementary. Awesome, awesome. So, we're just going to start out with uh, just asking how you got into teaching. And then we actually interviewed some people uh, who you gave us their names and we asked them things like, one word to stand for Benny or a specific moment they remember with Benny cool. or um, <laughs> there was also bonus feedback all so right. you know tell, <laughs> tell us anything you want so um, all right so well let's start without further ado just how did you get into teaching um, so after college I was I started as an art major but kind of morphed around into liberal studies and I ended up taking a bunch of art classes and music classes and Literature classes. I, I took liberal studies because it let me take whatever I wanted. Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, where, what college? At Cal State Fullerton. Cool. Um, and I ended up going and working for a, a family friend in, an, in a property management office, and I worked for four years. After graduation. After graduation. Okay. And learned that the office job was not. I was mm. desperately like, done with that. I learned a lot. I like. Yeah. I really grew up there, um, and and learned a ton. But I learned that I wanted to do something different and. I had uh, volunteered at summer camps for years, oh. working with, you know, kids, and I loved it. Okay. And I summer, was at summer, summer camp, camps, like uh, in the mountains or around yeah, here. Yeah, in the mountains. Really? Yeah, yeah, with uh, church groups, and, and uh, um, I, 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 I was at a summer camp, you know, and I was facing the, what do I want to do? It's like I love kids. I love school. It was like I had this Donnie moment. Like I need to, I need to like be a teacher. This is like the dumb moment. And I went back to school and uh, I thought about being a history major, but I quickly morphed into into elementary because I love learning. My, probably yeah. my, my biggest passion is learning anything yeah. new. That's and awesome. And I love all the subjects. My students ask me what what's your favorite subject is. Like well, I just I really like them all. <laughs> and elementary turned out to be the perfect fit. So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So go back before that. So going into college, so you, you mentioned studying arts and music, was it? Yeah, I grew up playing music. I was always in, took piano. I, okay. I played like five different instruments in elementary and high school band. Wow, that's awesome. Switching all the time. Um, at the my you know end of senior year, I I didn't wanted. I love music, but I didn't want to have the life of a musician. Yeah. And but I also loved art, and I could like see the. So I had a great art teacher, uh, Doug Stanton, at, at Sonora High School. That's uh, awesome. Taught me how to draw. Taught me and let me just do whatever. Like I was, yeah. I, I could run, just do it, and he just let me be there and 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 do it. We did some animation, did all kinds That's of cool, cool stuff. So, uh, so he was a big inspiration, and that got me into art in, in at Cal State. Did Polish you find that you know. art was? A, easy to do, B, um, fun, 
Um, or was it hard to do and fun? Or it was hard to do. It was something like okay. I always wanted to do as a kid, and I wasn't very good at. I wasn't the. I wasn't the great artist. I just loved it. Okay. And when I I went in at high in, in freshman year in high school, and I said, "Can you teach me how to draw?" Because I, you know, he's like, "Sure." Sure. And he, and he did the he did the. Uh, um, forget the name, but the the drawing on the right side of the brain program, yeah, and yeah. I learned how to draw realistically, and that was like so cool because I could awesome. do it, and I got a lot of I got a lot of positive feedback from that, yeah. and so that gave me the confidence to try it out. I'll be like an illustrator. I loved writing, wow. and, and I always liked ideas and want to do something creative, and this is something I could figure out how to do. Uh, awesome. And in college, um, I really fell in love with the design process. Okay, tell me more about that. So, you know, one of my big struggles as a kid was I, I love being creative, but how do you come up with ideas? Okay. So I loved Legos because the ideas were there, <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it, like, it, like there's a the thing you build, build, and then you go on and build more Legos. Like the in yeah. the, the Lego movie where there's like the 80s space guy, uh -huh. I was the 80s space guy because like, let's build a spaceship. So like I built spaceships all the time. Yeah. But in like writing stories or art, I was like, where do I, what do I, idea do I get? You know, mm. so I always had that question. And when I went into college, they taught you how to brainstorm ideas, choose one, refine it, mm -hmm. and develop it into a project that worked. And, and this and is in the context of art. This is in, in the context of illustration, uh, two-dimensional art, yeah. three-dimensional design. I took a lot of uh, woodworking classes where I got to make I made some. I made a recorder. I made wow. an Ambira. I made a hammered well, dulcimer. I you made. made uh, I know what a dulcimer is, but you made a Ibira. Ambira is uh, like a thumb piano, an African instrument. So okay. I, I spent a semester, like designing, like making the prototype, and then designing my own. Yeah. The initial prototype actually works, and I kept it. Yeah. The final project failed. <laughs> and I got rid of it eventually after because it looked nice, but it didn't sound at all. So. One of the things I forgot uh, to mention at the beginning is as we go through, I'll try to tie things into innovation or risk taking or trying something new. Uh, I forgot to say that, but so you just mentioned like having yeah. this project and like, I mean, you you tell you enjoyed it. You're, I loved you're, it. You're like yeah. you lit up when you talked about, it, but then yeah. you're like, yeah, ultimately I totally failed, I failed at the end. <laughs> but my prototype succeeded, so like I and and I learned something from that to right. see what were the aspects of that. So I learned yeah. a ton about about what works in real materials and how to kind of take something mm. from an idea to a real thing. And and oh, I loved that process. Yeah, that process. I mean, I, I, I kind of always wanted to be a writer, too. Charles okay. Schultz was my, like, hero as a kid. Peanuts, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I wanted to write comics or draw, tell stories. I always struggled with those ideas. Taking those art classes in college, I was able to take that idea, that design process, and apply it into writing. Okay. And so awesome. I've also fallen in love with teaching writing because oh, I wow. can connect the idea between the design process of coming up with ideas. And so I, I take my students, I try to take my students through that process in yeah. whatever we're doing, you yeah. know, explore. We, t we always, like when we're doing a writing project, we might explore for a week or two weeks. And I tell them, don't start your story yet. We're gonna explore ideas and play. Oh, uh, interesting. Right, so they don't, some of them, some of them do that naturally, right. but some of them will jump the gun, I'm done, I'm done. Right. And they haven't even thought of two ideas. They right. just came with the idea and they made it and they're done. You right. Know? So, Trying to get my students to get and and see that process. Yeah, you know. So so give me give me a tip. I, I love that idea. So when you have students who are more um, and this is, I, I could be wrong, but in in the gate world, like 
students are more concerned about like kind of getting it perfect and getting it right and maybe even finishing maybe a little bit of competition and beating other people. How yeah, do definitely. You, how do you get them to slow down and do that exploratory? Do you have a, a secret sauce that seems to work? Um, I I will not tell them the rules of the project. <laughs> That's got to be frustrating. Yeah, so I frustrate <laughs> my students definitely. On, okay. Uh, and and I, I, there's a lot of trust, and from parents too, because parents yeah. want to know right. and they want what's you know, and that, that's so, you know, I. I over, I mean, it's taken some time. It's in my 19th year teaching, but over time, you know, um, that's awesome. if there's trust, they'll go through the process. And we, yeah. so we, uh, yeah, I give them small nuggets, uh, yeah. like, and I try to give them structure, yeah, but okay. not rules, yeah, right. And oh, so that's an talk art. To, talk to me okay, more so, about that. So uh, my um, going back to Cal State Fullerton, I was a liberal art, liberal studies major, and I got to pick a, a senior project type thing, okay. and I. I designed a bunch of courses around the idea of structure and creativity. So my guiding principle was in the art world, there was a lot of like pushback against rules and the tradition of ways of doing it. Sure. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I always wanted to go the other way. You know, <laughs> there was, I didn't ever take the, the class, but there was one painting teacher who was like, don't use brushes. Don't, you're going to use, if you're going to paint a branch, use a twig. I'm like, I, I like tradition. I like structure. <laughs> I like the brush. You know? So I was always <laughs> looking for that. And uh, I, in writing, I got really interested in like rules for poetry, like mm. style, like like types of poetry rather than just free form. Because free form for me, I didn't know what to do. But if there was some kind of structure, yeah. like Legos, yeah, I felt I could wrap my head around it. Yeah, and so uh, I ended up writing a paper about the connections between structure and creativity in oh, art, in music, in literature, and. Yeah. In my own teaching, I try to design lessons in which I'm giving them structure. You know, so yeah. like right now we're, we're we're I'm doing a unit on mysteries, and so we're we're like looking at the okay. patterns that like they read three mysteries, we watch mysteries, we watch the Nancy Drew mystery and a and a Snoopy mystery. Okay, you know, and we're looking at what are the what are the common things that are in all mysteries. Yeah, right, and we break those down. We make we're doing some of the the thinking maps. You know, what are the what yeah. are the what what types of characters are in all mystery, what types of scenes are in all the mysteries, so right. that they can see that structure, and then I'm gonna let them loose mm. playing with that, yeah. right? But I'm not gonna tell them, you're gonna do this first scene like this, and you're gonna do the second scene like this, because right. if you hold them in too much, then they might be more successful, mm -hmm. but they don't reach as high mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. You know? And there's a, there's a degree of risk in terms of teaching this way, because my students don't always succeed yeah. either. Yeah, because sometimes tough. they're overwhelmed, or sometimes they are, they just don't get into it, yeah. and so that that openness sometimes, you know, they might be more successful in that structure. So I, you know, I'm continually trying to refine my own yeah. teaching and trying to balance that, so That's that everyone cool. can be successful. You know, so yeah. it's kind of a living. Uh, I never do the same thing twice, <laughs> 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 which is a lot of work sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ah, that's really that's really cool. I, I keep thinking of the word like formula. Like when I was uh, an, a new teacher, we kind of used formulas to. This was high school yeah. to help teach uh, struggling uh, writers. But very quickly, like as you became a better teacher at teaching the formula, you realize your students' writing is not really getting better. Yeah, the, the, it's becoming more the same. Yeah, uh, and there's more consistency across your classes. But are they really better writers? And so. Yeah. How do you, how do you, like, let's say you need, you see a student who needs some sort of formula, or you could call it structure. Yeah. But then how do you get them, once they get 
a comfort level and they get kind of successful, what do you do then like midway through the process or like they're doing another writing assignment? How do you remove some of that or yeah, what do you do so to shake it up so they really get into that exploratory phase? Um, because we have students all over the place, when they're, they're, they're so that DFAs, they're, they're getting their ideas, they get started. I generally have them write their draft with, I just like, get out of the way and let them write the draft. Once mm -hmm. they're in the revising stage, um, they're in so many different places because they have that freedom that mm. it becomes kind of a challenge. Right, so, right, right. Uh, it's gotten easier over time, but I basically look mm. for, for patterns. It's very similar to the writing workshop pro uh, okay. approach that yeah. we're taking as a district, which I love because yeah. it fits with the way I teach, yeah. which is you're looking for teaching points that, that meet some needs and then modeling. So right. uh, I've always just kind of modeled Okay. Um, some, you know, so I have, I have a bunch of like snippets of stories that aren't real stories, but they're just models of scenes. Like, here's how you do dialogue, or here's how you do, here's how cool. you add detail, or here. And I write, I do a lot of bad writing to show them <laughs> bad writing, so they can see it, and then they can see the good writing. And yeah. that writing bad writing is really important for students to see bad examples, so they can recognize it because it helps them see the point. Yeah. Yeah. So you tell know. me, like in my teaching, like I connect that to uh, something called non-examples. Yeah. Like I'm exactly. going to show you fruit. Here's an apple. Here's an orange. Here's a rock. Yeah. A rock is a non-example of a fruit. Yeah. And so you're, by showing them what it's not, you're also teaching. Right. But talk more about um, your your bad writing examples and what do you see in the students when they start to realize that you're actually teaching them something and not just showing them bad writing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, th they laugh. So, I mean, I show them, you know, something that, that is, comp the funny thing is I'm, I often am modeling it on their own writing. Like, this is the kind of bad writing I'm seeing. Yeah. So, sorry, students. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I will write like they write. So I will write just in one complete, you know, I'll write a whole, you know, story in one continuous, uh, uh, Run on sentence, right? And they recognize, oh, that's they they're like that's horrible. It, Please stop. Not them, <laughs> when that's not them, and it's on the screen, they can see it very quickly. That's interesting. It's just when it's not their own. So mm. it's 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 taking that identification away, so they can judge it. Okay. A lot of yeah. the a lot of the 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 resistance, particularly like in gifted students or in perfectionists, which is all over the place, is yeah. because you identify with something yeah. that that has to be good and yeah. I can't judge it because then I'm judging me and yeah. so learning to separate that. You're so. doing some real therapy on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's going to be like, you need to listen to Benny. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that's true for me. I have yeah. an idea and yeah. if there's criticism, then I get yeah. defensive. So because she I'm needs to come up with examples in her own life, but they'd be made up. <laughs> so she needs to make up some bad examples like if I were doing it. What if I wrote a check yeah. that bounced? So <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Was at, it's too I personal. was at a, a, a conference at Cal State Fullerton uh, with Ian Bird. He does Bird yeah, Seed yeah, Education, know, right? So he was giving a talk and and I'm often intimidated by his work because he's so good and he's okay. such a good presenter. But he was give, he was talking about I don't know I don't remember the topic, but I think it was a curiosity. And, and he was talking about how he messed up in the classroom. He said like when I did this, this is how it went wrong. I was like, man, this feels so good to hear him admit mm, that, right? Right. And I went up to him and asked him like, is that true? Or are you making <laughs> that up? You know, like I want to know. <laughs> you know, because uh, I think he's pretty good most of the time. But yeah. but. Uh, 
He said it was true, maybe exaggerated a little bit. So yeah. I think it's good to exaggerate the yes. faults you're aware of Yes. for them to see it. And, and that feels really good from yeah. a student perspective to see the adult. Yeah. You know, we, they often assume that we, we know everything and it's perfect, you know, and it's really healthy to not be perfect yeah. in the classroom. So I'm going to make a jump and just see if this goes anywhere. But you mentioned, like, exaggerating to help students see something. And then I thought of, in, like, theater, you exaggerate so the person in the back row can really perceive your emotions. Yeah. If you underplayed it, they they can't tell if you're emoting at all. So, how do you relate teaching to performance? Like with oh, totally. Okay. Totally. So tell me more about yeah, that. Yeah, teaching. I, I I've found that I'm stylistic. I think there's planners and then there's improvisers. Okay. Two types of people. Okay. I'm an improviser, and okay. I didn't know this about myself, okay. but it only works. Like I'm also a really highly compensated introvert. So like, okay. it really takes a lot of energy out me, uh, energy for me to teach. Okay. But within the defined context of the classroom, it works. Yeah. So part of the re part of the reason I have my rules in my classroom is so we have a safe space, a safe where it's going to work. Yeah. And where we have the fr the freedom to improvise and to be safe and to and to play, mm. you know, and and that we're going to move quickly, mm -hmm. you know, and so. Um, I don't have, I have, a, I mean, there's always a lot of planning and teaching. Right. But there's got to be room to adjust to where they're at and mm -hmm. listen to where they're at and move with that. So, um, yeah, that's definitely my style that I take. So tie that improvisational part back to, like, drama or creating a performance. Like, you're reacting to them, but are you using, like, exaggeration and... Um, like animation, like in as like a yeah. actor would, or, yeah. or I, tr I I I I need to forget myself. Okay. Because if I think about it too much, it's not always as good. So I generally am. I ha kind of have my goal of where I'm going, but I don't always know exactly how I'm gonna, you know. And so, mm. like that energy, that tension of not knowing, but gonna I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna and you know, and. <clears throat> It doesn't always work. So sometimes <laughs> lessons will flop, you know. But sometimes it goes places where yeah. it's really exciting. and We do something completely new, yeah. you know. And um, certainly doesn't happen all the time. But there have been times where we're going somewhere and they come up with an idea like, let's do that. Yeah. That's way better than what I was planning, right? You know. Right. And so I try to involve my students in kind of where we're going with yeah. things. Um, a, a concrete example, uh, we were, I always, during read aloud, one of the struggles in the classroom is like quiet, right? You need quiet. To, so when I'm reading aloud, I have pretty strict rules about them being quiet. So I give them clay to work with. That comes from Rick Morris. Oh, He's, yeah, a, you know, yeah. like where's clay? You know, I've done that for years. Yeah. And then uh, we were doing something on, we were, we were, I gave them just a flip, like, let's, let's draw in with notability and let's try this for this one assignment. And they were like doing some really cool stuff. Like, Let, let's do this. Let's do this during read aloud. Yeah. Like, I'm going to let you draw notability. It's quiet. One of the benefits of clay is it's quiet. It's yeah. not like, whereas drawing with pencils and yeah. a notebook, you think it would, but there's all the clicking and the yeah. opening and the moving back and forth, which is too much. So just being willing to, th they liked it. They were doing well with it. Let's, let's completely change what I've done for 19 years and try this <laughs> new thing. And it's really cool. And they're really enjoying it. You That's know? cool. So just being open to what they like and what's new. Yeah. And, uh, you know. That's interesting. So there's there's this um, like I think you use the word tension yeah. of like you have this goal and you're also 
not over planning how to get there so that you you yourself feel curiosity and a little scared and, and a little scared <laughs> yeah definitely and i think yeah. from what you're describing like your students also know it's kind of like it's it's a ride yeah yeah definitely and that's, so they feel that energy yeah i consciously uh i consciously try to grow myself and do that publicly in front of them mm. in my lessons in what we're doing yeah. like i'm not just it's not all fake modeling sometimes we're like let's let's what you know yeah. um so one thing i i do is is at the end of the day i'll do random questions okay well, tell it's me just about like that. We, have, we have five minutes let's do random questions and they can ask me anything oh. <laughs> and they can bring up anything yeah and so they'll ask me like just like do you know this i'm like whoa that's such a cool question i don't know you know and let's let's you know and, and something that we get something cool and yeah. you know but but that spirit of of, of mm. looking and trying new things and yeah. you know it doesn't always work though so like uh this year for our harvest festival we do an auction and mm -hmm. the the classrooms are allowed to do an art project. Mm -hmm. And so last year I did this cool dragon and my students said we did it was a collaborative art project and it worked really well. I was like, okay, cool. We're gonna step this up a notch this mm -hmm. year. I'm gonna have, cause last year I drew the dragon and then they did the coloring, yeah. right? I was like, I want this to be their drawing. So I had everybody draw dragons. Okay. I got 33 and I was like, we're gonna compile this into something and make it really cool. And totally, I was like having anxiety dreams about how I'm going to put this together and it didn't work. And I had to say, look, it, this, this didn't work. <laughs> and they accepted it. They're like, yeah, I've had anxiety dreams too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool, that even though they didn't work. But as long as you don't do that all the time, you know, it's every once in a while, uh, I think it's healthy. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I want to jump back to, you said you were going to Cal State Fullerton. You got your teaching credential. Then where did you start teaching? Where uh, um, did you get your first job? I did my student teaching at uh, Golden Hill. Okay. Oh, where you, in, uh, where you are grade, now. Where I am now. It's a good story, actually. Uh, I uh, one in during. I, I, I was with a master teacher, Suzanne Lee, and she was awesome. But she was she was pretty. She's a very organized person and very intense. She's a great teacher. I learned so much from her. But she was kind of like a, a testing stage for student teachers. They come in there and if you could survive her, it'd be okay. So, you know, uh, uh, there definitely there was a lot of pressure to, to perform. And I had one night where I was supposed to teach uh, science and it was a heat, on heat energy. I was supposed to teach a lesson on heat energy. Okay. I was like, I had no idea what to do. And I was looking at the standards, you know. And so I was sitting there, it was, it was like, you know, nine or ten o'clock at night oh, the geez. lessons the next day I have to do it and you're making me get I, anxious <laughs> i said all right i'm gonna write a song i've never written a song before but i've been in music and i can play guitar and i figured out like, like a chord progression i could do yeah and i took the standards for the heat and i just wrote a song totally just the standards yeah and it was like heat is a form of energy <laughs> it flows from warm to cool in many ways Hot things cool down and cold things warm up and eventually they end up the same <laughs> temperature. <laughs> so I wrote that song. It was totally improvisational. I didn't plan it. And it, it I think it got me my job because <laughs> it was such a hit. She, Suzanne Lee started using that every year. What? Like the, the principal, they paid attention to that. I was like, whoa, you wrote this song. It was really totally cool wow. thing, right? So I don't know. Who knows why? But 
I, I, that's, and that's a great yeah. risk. But you were also like, you're trying to, you're like, I have a goal. I have to teach this. Yeah. But then it was trying something <laughs> new. So and, it was and risky. I had had experience in in, in in art and doing projects and, and being able to go through that. And yeah. so uh, wow. it, it took some skills and brought them together. So I, it was fun. That's <laughs> awesome. It was exciting. It, exciting. <laughs> and terrifying a little bit. Yeah. But I think that's that's part of the magic of teaching. When when teaching gets into that magical place where students experience something that they will never forget or yeah. not forget for a long time, it's because of drama and conflict and yeah. tension and emotional and hard energy. Things like like yeah. giving like creating a space in your classroom where they're willing to try something hard they've never done before. Yeah. So last year, I've been wanting to teach music in my classroom for many, many years because it's such a love of mine. Yeah. And I've not been very successful. Now with iPads and GarageBand, it's been mm. a lot easier. So that's wow. huge, huge thing for, I'm able to teach it now. I'm, cool. I've got students composing with, with uh, chord progressions and things like that uh, because the technology makes that, that possible. Um, That's cool. So last year, I had, I had tried to get them to write my students to write a song about explorers, and it didn't totally work. Last year, I was like, I'm gonna try again, <laughs> and uh, and I was gonna set it to a melody that everybody knew. We were gonna use like "This Land Is Your Land." Yeah. And then the crazy part of me is like, let's see if we can go with our own melody. <laughs> and so I just said, all right, we're gonna. You need to come up with some kind of melody, and I just said, go for it. And like I gave them like half an hour, forty minutes. Yeah. And there were tons of failures <laughs> but one student who I would never expected he did it he like came with this melody and we had two or three like competing ones but yeah. his was so good and so smooth that everybody voted for it oh because it just worked that's like, awesome and and, and and it was so cool because it was really their work yeah. they all got to try it and yeah. then one was successful and then we went and and wrote lyrics to his melody you know, That's but they awesome. all got to be part of that, and they all wow. got excited about, about, and they owned it because yeah. it was their song. You know, yeah. so um, That's really, really cool. Wow, the time is just flying by. We have like five minutes oh. left. I can't <laughs> even believe it. But I do want to drop in some quotes um, from people, um, and I don't know. I mean, we'll just yeah, go for it. You, yeah. you react right. and tell me. Um, okay, actually, we'll we'll play a little game. Okay. So there's three people. One was your principal, uh, Katrina Pichet, and then uh, Dolph Petrus. Petrus, yeah. Petrus, and then your wife, Elizabeth. So I'm going to read you all three words. Let's do this the hardest way imaginable. All right. I'll read you all three words, and then you tell me which one said which word. All right. Okay. So one of the words was eclectic. One of the words was bohemian, and one of the words was kind. Um, what do you make of that? Who said what? Well, I think kind is my wife because I think she told me. So. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You got one of those? Uh, I am going to say uh, eclectic is Dolph and bohemian is Katrina. Almost, almost. It was uh, the other way around. Okay. It was the other way around. So pick one of those words and comment on it. Like, which one stands out to you? Uh, okay, so um, eclectic, I, I like, like, have so many different things going on in in my interest in my life I like music I like woodworking I mm. like fencing I like uh, fencing like yeah I was I, I, I chose I, one like of the reasons with I, rapiers like, or? yeah like okay. at Cal State Fullerton one of the reasons I was excited about going there because they had a fencing program and uh -huh. I was on the fencing team with oh really with uh, the former number eight uh, Okinawa fencer wow. uh, uh, yeah um, 
Wow. Yeah. And do you he, still he, he was, fence? I, I don't, okay. but it's a love, you know. It, <laughs> the, 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 I was a Tolkien fanatic and, and fencing is like, oh, sort you know, yeah. but the real sport of fencing is pretty challenging and it's, it's a very different thing. So yeah. I loved it, but uh, um, <laughs> so, and, so and, and my, and my, my students always ask me, what's your favorite subject? Or, you know, and I, I really have a hard time choosing them because I like, I love reading and I love history. And, yeah. and the more I teach something, I even love math now, whereas I was not a math person growing up, but teaching math, <laughs> Like you fall in wow. love with it, you know. So I can, that's as great. long as I'm learning, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So kind of these diverse uh, interests. Um, so, but it's it's your personal life, but it's also in the classroom. So yeah. it's just a way that you yeah, are. Yeah, to stay yeah. to stay to stay happy teaching, I've had to always connect them and mm -hmm. and, and keep learning. Yeah, that's like at the core. Is there? Um, I mean, it sounds like it happens very naturally, and. Some some of the questions I try to kind of see if there's a way. Like, let's say you find other teachers who are getting stale or burnout, and like something it seems natural for you to find energy and interest and curiosity. How, how do you help colleagues who are maybe stuck in a rut? They're doing the same thing, but they look at you and they're like, "Yeah, but that's Benny. I can't be like that." Do you find ways that you get to encourage your peers? Um. I've kind of fallen. In, I mean, our uh, Golden Hill is is on the journey of becoming an art school, mm. and so I didn't really ask for it, but it's kind of like my my. I've got lots of skills, mm. and I have a we have a great staff that we have a really good community where the we have our teachers are really passionate. Mm. Um, they're not all equally skilled, so they're mm -hmm. really interested in learning about mm -hmm. it, and they've accepted me to be part of that process of, of leading that. So That's I'm awesome. on our leadership committee with that, and I get up and present, and you know, there is that state of like, well, that's Vinny, you know, <laughs> um, and I and they accept me for who I am, and that's given me a lot of confidence to be willing to share what I know, because normally. I don't always want to do that because you don't want to. Mm. You don't want to. You can't push people to do things. Right, so right. if they want to hear it, it's there. And and so it's important to have a community. Yeah. I think you know and, and speak to the people that want to hear it. And yeah. I think you know we have a, we have a great community that. Yeah. That uh, promotes that. I love that spirit of, it sort of. Um, on one side, it's humility, and but then it's also like, well, if people encourage you, you will share, and you, you get confidence from that. But then it's also potentially beneficial um, and it's a really like in terms of growing as a professional like you you at, at some point have to admit I don't know how to do that and ask somebody yeah. who does when I started teaching I did not think of myself as an artist I was an art major but I did not <laughs> what? Yeah, I did not I I was not an art you know I was like look at it I mean I I, I I was in a property management office for four years. <laughs> I didn't become an artist, um, you know, and so I did not have a lot of confidence. But we did. We have a, a musical theater program, mm -hmm. and through that, I was like, I'll help out with that. I was single. I didn't have, you know, and I, working on sets. Yeah. I was like, well, no one else wants to do it. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> and then it turns out it worked, and they liked it. I was like, whoa, you like it? That's cool. Maybe <laughs> you know. And that happens enough where you put something out there. Yeah. And I've I've always been willing to say yes mm. and try things, yeah. even though I you know so trying things and then people are like whoa that's really cool and like yeah. oh okay. I start to feel good so teaching is especially my life at Golden Hill has given me an immense amount of confidence and that's come from all the people that have been supportive and yeah. let me do things and try things which I never would have tried on my own. That's awesome. I really think that 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 idea of um, 
saying yes is powerful yeah. first. I mean, like, oh, they need somebody to do this? I'll, okay, I'll do it. And then yeah. you get positive feedback and it yeah. encourages you. So I think just one of the things I just want to drop out there for people listening is like, you know, what, what could you possibly say yes to that's yeah. in front of you that people and are asking for? Right now our district is, I mean, we're doing this innovation and we have permission to innovate. And that has <laughs> been immensely powerful. Mm. The reason I'm trying this, like writing the song of the Explorers thing and trying that out is because I have the clear message from our district, you can try this and yeah. it's okay if you fail. And that's yeah. that's like that's really awesome. powerful. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. And I'm like, part of my, you know, I, I feel some responsibility in leading mm -hmm. at our school because I do have some background, although we have lots of teachers with different backgrounds in theater and in music and different things. Um, and in art and dance, um, but I definitely feel a responsibility to try it, you know, and mm -hmm. share like, and I, I, I'm excited that I can share, this is how I failed, but then this is how I succeeded in sharing that process, because yeah. someone's got to start, you know, and yeah. we have lots of teachers starting, you know, so I'm really excited about watching that as we grow, grow yeah. forward together. That's really cool. Uh, okay, I'm going to just mention a couple, a uh, couple other things and ask for your reaction. Okay. Um, well, this, I don't know if this statement is true. You will never see him without a book in his hand. <laughs> That's true. I, <laughs> I, I'm looking around for a book. On the way to, there, there in my car. It's in your car. I'm walking up to recess or walking up to lunch. I'm always like, usually I'm like, all right, I'm going to read a page or two. So now that's, that's dead. Now, do you have a, a favorite genre or what? What's eclectic. Eclectic. So okay. I so, grew up reading Tolkien and yeah. fantasy. Uh, after I had my daughter, she's now uh, 11. Um, I, I got this weird thing where I'm like my dad, I'm reading more nonfiction. So I'm currently reading this book called Debt, A 5,000 Year History. So it's like all wow. about, like, I'm like, I like to learn and yeah. like lots of things going on in our society and there's lots of questions. So I'm trying to educate myself and learning about e economics, which wow. is not my strength, you know, <laughs> and history, which is not my strength, though I love it. So yeah, I'm reading a lot of nonfiction these days. and. Uh, and reading above my reading level, so a lot of challenging stuff. And then eventually, you know, every once in a while, I'm switching to uh, mysteries or or a good novel or something like that too. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this, and the, it's the controversial quote where uh, Dolph says, "You're you're not swayed by popular decision." Mm. Uh, is that true, or what do you make of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm you know principled and, and wanting to follow you know want to follow what's good for kids. Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah. what's really good for kids. So, you know, teaching is the art of like trying to find out what's good for kids. And you got to keep the all the things in play. You have yeah. to keep testing in mind, but you have to keep the fact that kids grow at different rates in mind. Yeah. You have to hold those things in tension. So, yeah. you know, how do you what guides you yeah. has to be something that's, you know, you know, what's so my biggest yeah. thing to myself is working on being kind. I think mm. I'm a kind person, but I'm also pretty tough, mm. you know, and so finding that balance, you know. Mm. As I get older as a teacher, I'm better at classroom management, so I can be stricter sometimes, because mm. I know it works, Yeah. but sometimes you gotta, you know, pull back, and so, yeah. you know, um, looking for those big ideas is the... Yeah. Is the so kind of having these values that you operate by, not just like in the moment decisions, but it sounds like kind of like a yeah. balanced, balanced approach. Yeah. How do you decide when you have 15 different things pushing you in different directions? Yeah. How do you decide what to do? Yeah. You have to go to your core yeah. and what's most important. That's about people, about relationships, yeah. you know, and, and trying to find that, that path. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect note to, 
to wrap up on uh, or over time, but it was awesome. So I just so, want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, yeah. I'm very honored to do uh, this. Uh, this has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.